Hey everyone, welcome to The Boot! That's right, it's The Boot! We are retesting classic movie reboots, so Hollywood doesn't have to do it! It's micro-sized Hatfields and McCoys this week as we talk about 1989's classic family adventure, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, starring Rick Moranis, Matt Frewer, Marissa Strassman, Christine Sutherland, Amy O'Neill, Thomas Wilson Brown, Robert Oliveri, and Jared Rushton. That's a lot of people, Kenna. It is a lot. It's two whole families. Two whole families split down the middle. Zelinsky's versus Thompson's. Who you got? (laughs) Do I have to pick a side? Yeah. That's what America's about. Wow. It's 4th of July. Let's not get political. (laughs) This isn't what this is about. It works. The machine works. Do the kids know? Well, yeah, the kids know. That's great. It's not that great. Why? I shrunk the kids. What? And the Thompson kids, too. They're about this big. They're in the backyard. What? Threw them out with the trash. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to say this. It's Independence Day week, birthday of our country. (laughs) Happy birthday, America. Thank you, Canada. Yeah, for for giving us Rick Moranis. Guys, welcome to The Boot, a movie reboot podcast where Ken and I will take a classic, classic Hollywood movie. And when I say classic, I mean it this time. Mm -hmm. We're out of sequel week. (laughs) We're not kidding anymore, guys. We're not, we're not talking sequel month anymore. This is, this is truly a classic. And we're going to take five characters of this movie, recast it as if this movie was to be remade today. I'm Brian Flynn. And with me as always is Kenna Trent. Kenna, how are you? I'm great. I love this movie. I am right there with you. This movie is as good as any hot dog you're going to eat this weekend, any firework you see, and it. we are just not paying attention to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Hey, we are really sleeping on this movie because it is an achievement of cinema. Oh, we do have movie news. We do. Oh. Breaking right. fresh as of yesterday? Do you want to take this? I have no idea what this is. Yeah. So surprise, surprise, Blumhouse popped out on social media to say- that they are doing a surprise remake of Black Christmas. Sophia Takal is set to direct a remake of the 1974 slasher. It's coming out December 13th. Wow. Of this year. That's a Friday the 13th, friends, in case you're you're not paying attention. Um, I don't know if it really came as a surprise to everyone. I think I think it did to me because I literally woke up, got on Instagram, and it was plastered all over the place. Hey, we're making this. We're literally making this movie right now. Get ready to watch it. Um, if you're not familiar, Black Christmas is one of the very first slasher movies ever made. It had a huge influence on Halloween. Um, I think it's had a bit of a resurgence just because Danny McBride and David Gordon Green talked about how they they went back to it as they were remaking Halloween. Um, it's honestly a really great, really under your skin, really scary, spooky movie, um, about a group of sorority girls in their sorority house around Christmas and a guy is stalking them in the house, slowly picking them off. Uh, really, really cool movie. And yeah, honestly, a little shocked. I don't know if anybody's attempted to remake it before. Now just put the phone back on the hook, walk to the front door and leave the house. What's wrong? Please, Miss Bradford, please just do as I tell you. Okay. I'll get Philip back. No, 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 don't do that, Jess. The caller is in the house. The calls are coming from the house. Yeah, they're doing it now. We've got a cool uh, female-led team of writers and directors. Let's do it, guys. Let's let's remake some slasher movies. Two things about this article that I'm into. Okay. The first, secret movies that are just popping out. Yeah. Child's Play remake that was just like, hey, by the way, we're remaking it. Also, we've just cast our leads like in two days. Also, production starts next week. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. This just being like, hey, by the way, we've secretly been making this movie for months because Mm -hmm. no one's really paying attention to this property. And it's coming out Christmas time. Second thing, Christmas horror movie. Great idea. Yeah. And there's something so like, I uh, I think you can watch this on Shudder if you have Shudder, if you don't. Sorry about your luck. But um. There's something really like lovely and atmospheric about a horror movie set during Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of warm fires and Christmas trees, and then ultimately death. Like, uh, did you see Krampus? I did. I didn't. I don't know why that didn't hook me as well as this one. I think the idea of like a Christmas monster is not as fun for me as like, oh, this is like a Christmas killer slasher movie. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fun. Yeah, really, I really, honestly, go back and give it a watch because it's it's a really smart, well done movie. Um, no. <laughs> I 
<laughs> Sorry, no. <laughs> just dozed off there. Just like no. Starring starring the girl who played uh, Juliet in that one Romeo and Juliet that you probably watched in middle school. Oh, where you, you see the a play. butt. Where you see yes. a butt, and everyone's and the teacher had to be <laughs> like, okay, everyone, like, no. But just, they felt compelled to show this version of the movie when you read it. Yeah, and they're just like, okay, everyone, you're going to see a nipple, and you're going to see a butt. It's just so funny that it's like universally like, you know, you probably saw this movie and you probably saw it at school. (laughs) Well, guys, that's it for this news. Let's we don't want to keep you from your family, from your friends, from your drinking, from your partying, from your pools, from your water balloons, from your squirt guns, from your uh, sparklers, from your pies and ice creams and shrink rays, shrink rays. We got to talk about this movie. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to do this kind of? I'm so ready. Let's fire up this laser machine. Guys, this is a reboot of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Are you guys home? Sounds like Dad. He'll fix us. This is Zelensky! Up here! Up here, Dad! Well, quick, over there by the door, okay? Get that side. Anybody out there? Nick, get off and give us a hand. Right here! Zelensky! my couch what is he deaf don't you get it we're too small he can't hear us god this movie is so wonderful i'm so happy we did this movie it i was very worried that this movie would not hold up and not only did it hold up it exceeded my expectations of how good it was and i was reading trivia that this was this was either 1989's most like it was like Disney's most successful live action movie. Uh, okay, yeah. Because uh, didn't we because, do another movie that was like the most successful movie in 1989? Well, I think the story is people went to go see this movie in droves because Batman sold out. Yes. So the original Michael Keaton's Batman, like you couldn't get a ticket. It was yeah. just like that was the movie of 1989. And so if you went to the theater and you couldn't go to Batman, you're just mm-hmm. like, I guess we're going to go see Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which that's not a bad consolation prize. No, because people got it was overall the fifth highest grossing movie in yes. 1989. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is directed by Joe Johnston, uh, director of such movies as Captain America, the first Avenger, the Rocketeer, which we've done on this movie. Um, October Sky, I believe, is also his. Oh, interesting. It's a um, good movie, right? Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen it, but I, isn't Jake Gyllenhaal in it? Yeah, I want to say I remember it as good. Stars Rick Moranis as Wayne Zielinski, Matt Frewer as Big Russ Thompson, Marsha Strassman as Diane Zielinski, Christine Sutherland as Mae Thompson, Thomas Wilson Brown as Little Russ Thompson, Jared Rushton as Ron Thompson, Amy O'Neill as Amy Zielinski, and Robert Oliveri as Nick Zielinski. Now, you might be wondering, eight names. That's a lot of people. <laughs> That's a lot of people. So, Ken and I have decided to split the families... And we're going to take, we're each going to take a family and recast the families. Yeah. So we're actually doing less characters, but you're getting, we're doing less recasts, but yes, we're doing more, more characters. characters. Yeah. Um, can I, can I get a little time here for some therapy, some a therapy session real quick? I guess. Are you going to pay me? No, we, we're already paying for this space together. Okay. Then we should probably just move on. <laughs> I was six years old. <laughs> No, I just, uh, when I was a kid, my family took a trip to, I think it was like Universal Studios or or Disney World. It might have been Disneyland, but Mm -hmm. um, there was a green screen ride where you could ride the bee, and I was too young to go on it. Oh, man. So my four, my three older cousins and my brother got to ride (laughs) on the bee. And it was just a, the, the sort of the the apex of just being too little for all of these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it still has it's it's informed my life. It affects you to this day. It affects me to this day. But uh, rewatching this movie has really washed away some of that pain, and um, not all of it. But um, it's okay. Let's see if we can heal. Yeah, let's let's Tonight, see if we can heal in this room. I feel God in this recording booth right now. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> okay. Now, okay. So I have the Zelenskys. You have the Thompsons. Yes. You chose the Thompsons. I did. And I was like, that's strange. Why would she choose the Thompsons? And then as I tried to cast the Zelenskys, I realized <laughs> you got away scot-free because this was hard for me. Yeah. And I warned you before this that my Zelensky family doesn't make sense when you look at them. Hmm. But I casted to the character. Okay. And so I think I picked some great actors. 
Interesting. Okay. I was going to say, well, that's it's sort of the case with the movie, but no, I think they did an accurate job of being like, you know, Amy sort of looks like her mom and Nick is his dad's son. And yeah. Interesting. The Thompsons all look the same. The t- <laughs> Except Ron Thompson, who's Ron- like bleach blonde hair. <laughs> Ron looks a, a little different. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's saying he's the mailman came by a couple times. Um, no, you're right. This movie is incredible. Every single actor in this movie is so watchable. I care about everyone immediately. Yeah. I'm just in it. It's subtle. It's funny. It's fun. It's, it's everything. Light. And if you have some free time this weekend between the, the beers and the, the brats, put this movie on. Yeah. It's a good family feature. It's also an HBO Go. Yeah. It's really easy to access. All right. I think we should start with Wayne. With Okay. I think that's a good idea. I had trouble with this one because Rick Moranis plays the eccentric dad scientist mm-hmm. so well. And this guy was knocking hits out of the park. It's really sad that he had to retire from cinema because he is great in everything that he's been in. Yeah. And like all the stories about how like they offered so-and-so actor the part and so-and-so actor the part. And like all these people kept turning it down and everyone kept being like, this is Rick Moranis. Yeah. You need to put Rick Moranis in this movie. And that was true for Ghostbusters. It's true for, I think, like Little Shop of Horrors. This movie was basically what made Rick Moranis, Rick fucking Moranis. <laughs> wow. Why didn't you tell us earlier? Well, until now, the machine just blew things up. Are you saying that that machine blew, blew up? up my kids? No, oh, no, 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 no. If the machine no. had blown up the kids, there'd be pieces of them everywhere. But I didn't know who to pick. The other weird thing is Rick Moranis was 36 when he made this movie, uh-huh. making him like physically unable to have fathered these children unless he was like Yeah, all 12. these ages are wacky. So I tried to think of an actor who is kind of blown up, but isn't like sort of the typical comedian that you think of to fill these movies, but has that same likability, mm-hmm. has the same charm, can play kind of like the sort of nerdy uh, eccentricity of a guy who would devote his life to developing a shrink ray in his attic. Yeah. Um, does, you know, health and safety of his family be damned? Like, this is just the little space in his house that he has for himself. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I went with Randall Park, who just has struck with the great rom-com on Netflix, Always Be My Maybe, which I still haven't seen. Oh, it's good. But I cannot wait to watch it this weekend. But, you know, he's also in another classic shrinking movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> <laughs> One of so many classic shrinking movies. It felt like a, nat- like a natural fit. Um, mm-hmm. and fresh off the boat star. Like, he just seems to be a kind of guy that people like, uh, that people like watching, empathize with. Um, oh, he was also in the interview. He played Kim Jong-un. Oh, right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, this is a really... It's interesting how they play this character because it is very like the thought we enter into the movie with is if dad could just figure out this shrink ray, then mom would come home. Yeah. Which is a lot of pressure to put on dad. (laughs) It's a lot of pressure to put on dad. And (laughs) it's funny that everybody's just agreed on that. But he is there's that thing of like he's not totally far gone that he's like, it's just about my career. It's just about me making becoming an inventor, becoming this scientist, becoming this. Like he also really cares about his family. Yeah. He's just like, man, I wish I had like I wasn't such a screw up with this thing that I've been working on. And I can see Randall Park filling that role of like he's just he's exasperated. He's exhausted. He's working so hard, but ultimately he's about to turn a corner and just be like, screw it. It's about my family now. Yeah. Goodbye. How'd your conference go? Oh, I got a lot of laughs. I failed, Diana. I'm, I'm just going to get my old job back, if I can get my old job back. But from now on, things are going to be different. I see him slotting into this role very nicely. Thank you. I'm now very nervous that you picked him for... Here's the thing. We don't know who each other <laughs> That's picked. That's true. I didn't. What if we picked the same mom, the same <laughs> kids? What if we... Too much pressure. I feel like Wayne right now. There's too much pressure. Mom's never coming home. <laughs> Mom's never coming home. The house is a mess. Which is really weird. Like, Diane is a real estate agent. How far away does she have to travel to sell homes? They seem to be in an up-and-coming neighborhood. What do you mean, how far does she have to travel? Because she's, like, she's, like, gone. Like, she's not at home, right? Yes, because they're fighting. Oh, okay. She goes to spend the night at her mom's. Oh, I didn't get that. And as we were talking, I was just like, 
is she because she has to be the breadwinner that she's just like taking crazier and crazier no real it's estate because thing? there's trouble at home this movie starts in a really dark place that's true <laughs> mom mom has run away amy's just trying to take care of the family that's true. and she can't make toast dad, because her dad can't keep it together um Okay, so I had Big Russ Thompson, who mm-hmm. we have to call Big Russ because there's a little Russ. Of course. Even though that's weird. Um, this is honestly the reason I wanted to do this whole family is because of this single moment that Big Russ has. So Russ catches his son, little Russ, um, watching Amy like goofing off and dancing while she's trying to clean the house. And he's obviously seeing his son be like, man, I really like this girl. And Honestly, it is a moment that could so easily be played for comedy. Like, it could so easily be a moment of his dad being like, boys, you know, kids, that's the way it is. But instead, I think it's the moment that he realizes, hey, I think it's played kind of seriously. And I loved it so much because there's just a little, like, sweetness to it that he he then is like, hey, you know what you could, like, if you start working out – bulk up you'll be you know you'll get to play sports or whatever but i think he's also thinking hey i can help you out with like yeah. i can help you out with the girls if his advice happens. is like in the right place but the actual advice is terrible it's terrible because and he's not listening to his son who yes. doesn't really know what he wants and there's something really endearing about that because it's misguided but it's not honestly what we would expect a character like this to do because you know in the 90s in a kids movie it would have been super broad and he would have been like buck up be a man Mm -hmm. and that's not how he does it i just i think that's so lovely when i was your age i was not much bigger than you the point is coach put me on these babies you know what happened I put on 20 pounds of pure, unadulterated, blitz the quarterback and rip his head off muscle wrestle. Okay, so for my Russ, big Russ, I picked Joel McHale. Ooh, yeah, I like it. He's got to be, he's got to be a bit of a man's man, but also be, I like his sort of like dry, uh, quippy humor bringing mm-hmm. in, because I mean, if there's one thing we get, it's that the Thompsons think the the Zelinskis are a weird family. But they both think they're weird yes. families, which is amazing. Yes. <laughs> which is so true about, like, do you remember going to your friend's house and seeing something that they would do that, <laughs> like, you never did at your home? Yeah. You'd just be like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> what foreign land am I in? And I, I love that. Like, I could see Joel McHale looking through the window at Wayne do it, doing something so strange and being like, what a weird family. <laughs> and I like that. Um, that's a great pick. I, I love Joel McHale. I think he is – is he underrated as a comedian or is he accurately rated as a comedian? Honestly, I think he should be doing more. I loved when uh, The Soup came back to Netflix and mm-hmm. he was so self-deprecating about it. He was so – like he really just leaned into it. He was just like – he would just mention how all of his other co-stars have just gone on to be like <laughs> like rocket ship famous and he's back doing his old show. And it was – it's something like that where it's like you know this, this guy is down to perform, to be funny. Yeah. Like it's not – I don't know. It's not going to be a problem. Yeah. And and Big Russ does some like crazy gags in this movie. Yeah, like there, it, there's a little bit of physical comedy. Yeah, there's a lot of like uh, the one-liners in the in this movie are excellent. Are funny. Um, <laughs> there's I think there's a line where Big Russ like they're planning the fishing trip, uh-huh. and it's like the only thing he wants to do is take his family on this stupid fishing trip, which is such a '90s dad thing to do. <laughs> but he says. T- to, I don't remember who, whether it was to Little Russ or to his wife, but it's like... The early worm catches the fish, Russell. Remember that? It's <laughs> such a great character moment for this guy to fucking say. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Because why would a worm want to catch a fish? <laughs> Guys, are you with me? It's good. It's good. If you don't get it, with, in, tomorrow morning you're going to wake up and be like... Oh, I don't know. The worm. Also, true to his character's name, I once saw Joel McHale at a farmer's market and he is very tall. Yeah, he's like 6'4, isn't he? Something like that. He might be taller. He's super tall. Another, all my notes are just quotes, but like (laughs) um, when Big Russ 
uh, it's sort of his big character moment when he decides he's going to test the shrink ray on himself before he tests it on the kids. Like it's mm-hmm. sort of, and Little Rest sees that his dad actually loves him for just being his dad. Yeah. Real touching moment. Yeah. And he sits in the chair and he's like, all right, Zelensky, let's do it. And Rick Moran is very quickly is just like, no reason this shouldn't work now. And like, <laughs> <laughs> because, because part of me was just like, wait, why aren't they testing this on like – um, on an object. On an object. Yeah. And it's just like the movie doesn't have time for this. So the writers were just like, yeah, there's no reason this shouldn't work now. Like, it's brilliant. <laughs> it knows exactly the kind of movie yeah. it is. And it just knows that it's like it doesn't – this logic doesn't matter. You just want to feel these characters search for their kids, like the safety of their children. And then are they going to get there? And even like the coming together is, as families is so beautiful, how yeah. they both realize that they have more in common than they have different. Yes, yes. All right, let's move on to Diane Zelinsky, played by Marsha Strassman. Uh, I don't really know who that actress is, but she was great in this movie. Yes. Um, I had to find a woman who could be funny, but Diane plays probably the most serious character in this movie. Like, compared to May, the Thompson wife, Thompson mother, mm-hmm. who's a little more soft and, like, kind. Like, Diane Diane is more like, um, you know, she's a professional woman. Um, she's the one who sniffs out. The problem with the kids, I think, earlier than – well, Rick Moranis. Does Rick Moranis know at that point? I watched this movie so long But ago. she's super intuitive and that's – it's great. Like there's a moment I really liked where she – she is kind of like – Amy's out there with Russ Thompson and she's kind of like, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah. And there's something so intuitive about how like Aunt Amy has no idea that Russ has a crush on her. Right. But – Diane does. Yeah. And so she, like, mom is aware. Oh, I couldn't sleep. Not with my babies out here all alone. Oh, don't worry about them. They got the Thompson kids with them. That's another thing I'm worried about. Amy, in the dark, with little Russ Thompson. Also, when she finds out that her kids are shrunk, she's not afraid to go along with Wayne's, like, crazy, weird, like, seesaw device to look for them, like, square by square. (laughs) <laughs> um, so like you need to come, you need a combination of sort of a straight man, but also someone who has the ability to be funny. Mm-hmm. I am so nervous that we pick the same actress. It was, it was Why? Like, not I nervous, think, but I'm kind of like, think so. it's a one in a trillion chance that we did. <laughs> um, I went with Lake Bell from Children's Hospital. And, oh, that's a good one. Um, what was that John Hamm cricket movie where he finds pitchers in India? Million Dollar Arm or something yeah. like that? Yeah. It's a cute movie. Yeah, I think that she is really funny, and Uh I think she can be really serious. Like, she can be the overworked mom who's just looking for some help from her family. And, you know, you can play that sort of dark moment in the beginning where it's like, oh, Wayne and Diane aren't really getting along, and you see that Wayne is kind of a goof, and Diane's really sort of doing a lot of heavy lifting, and they're probably arguing it over it. That's who I liked. Um, I think that's a really... great comedian. That's a really good choice because diane here's the thing about diane she obviously cares a lot about her family but she at when when we meet the Zelensky, she's reached the end of her rope then in the moment we just saw when wayne is like the machine works she first and foremost is like you did it and she's so happy she's happy for him she's happy for the family and then the other shoe drops where he's like but I I know it works (laughs) because the kids are shrunk. And so there's that, like, I really, I can see like Belle being the sort of like, I'm a, I, in this moment, I'm a supportive wife. And then also being like, right, the children. (laughs) You know, it's not important if I sell another house or if you get a grant this year or next. We've just got to get this family back together. That's Uh great. You May, did it. Thank you. May Thompson. I don't have a lot to say about May, but I want to say more. She's she's very much she is the character who is noticing more than Russ that something is going on with the Zelenskys and they should pay attention because if both our kids are missing, mm-hmm. what's going on there? Um She also serves as sort of like Russ's big Russ's um handler in a lot of ways. Like she is yeah. a very typical 90s house mother like in contrast to diane second income home kind of situation may is she's the housekeeper housekeeper she's the homemaker yes she's the one who's there for these three knuckleheads 
And she's she's just sort of balancing these three men. Yeah. Not unlike my own mother who had to deal with her own set of knuckleheads. Preach. Um, love you, mom. She doesn't listen to this. <laughs> But she still loves her. She probably doesn't even know this podcast exists. Um, So, I, yeah, it's hard to take that housewife trope into the future a little bit. Yeah, especially because, I mean, we we love her for the moments where, like, Russ is like, I still really want to go on this trip. And she has to be the one to be like, go tell him. Make anything up, but go tell him that we aren't going because our children are missing. (laughs) That's what's happening. And then what is he blames it on lady problems. (laughs) He blames it on her. Um. Which is a whole thing that would need to change because then their friend is like, I, well, I think her, I think their friend needs to change. I think the idea of big rest, like pinning it on his wife is right. such a big rest thing to do. <laughs> but like it's the accurate. friend being like, what? Lady problems. Get it together, Russ. Like, <laughs> dude, chill Can't out. Can't you fix this? Um, so I wanted I wanted to give May a little bit more of a personality because mm-hmm. I do think there's something to her being like she is the one woman holding it down in this house full of men. And sometimes she's keeping it together and sometimes she just can't handle it. And I think the perfect person to play that part is June Diane Raphael. I love that pick. She's so goddamn funny. She's super funny. Did you see, have you seen have you've watched Burning Love? Yes. Oh, man, that show is so prescient. It's so like, oh, my God. <laughs> You have tapped into the exact thing this show is. And I think she is the kind of where I want to see May at one point nursing a glass of wine while Russ freaks out before they have their moment where they're like, okay, let's get it together and figure out where our kids are. (laughs) Russell, I shouldn't be telling you this, but he was cut from the football team yesterday. What? Honey, please. What he doesn't need right now is to hear from you. He needs something. Honey, when you say things like that, you make him feel about this big. She's just in a new show, isn't she? Someone... I don't know. I don't She's on Grace and Frankie. Work. Grace and Frankie. I thought she was on another Showtime show. I don't have to plug her stuff. She's famous enough. Yeah. She's super famous. Uh, great pick. Great choice. Thank you. Let's get to the real bread oh, and butter. Boy. All right. The children. I know there's going to be people out there angry at me and be like, Brian, you pick Randall Park. He's an Asian man. But the kids aren't Asian. I know. I know the kids aren't Asian. It doesn't make sense. He's adopted. They're adopted. Everyone just sort of was. Okay. Their Wait, he's family. Adopted? Yeah, he's adopted. It doesn't matter. They're a family of Russian spies. This is the Americans. They were assigned to each other. They were placed in America. I don't care. Okay. I cast to the characters, all right? Okay, sure. Uh, so for Amy, I wanted to pick an actress who could play the girl next door. Uh-huh. And who would also have to sort of, you know, early on shoulder the responsibility of the family, the like heart of the family. Like mm-hmm. she's she's somehow delegated the responsibility of like she has to feed the family. She has to get everyone at, like to school to work on time. Like she's delegated the chores with her brother. Like it's a hard life to be Amy. And all she wants to do is go to the fucking mall. Yeah. And get asked out by what was his name? Pete Tate? Paul Tate. Paul Tate, who must be smoking hot. Oh, yeah, for sure. Smoking hot. <laughs> Like, if she's not, I love that whole thing where it's like, if she's not at the mall by fucking eight o'clock, she's not getting asked out to the dance. Like, what a great old school teenage want in life. Right. You know what I mean? I just want to be asked to the fucking dance. Like, so great. But and it doesn't make- matter how small I am. If we don't figure this out by that point. <laughs> I'm killing everyone. But I love that. And then she falls into this, like, lovely little, like, you know, Romeo Juliet next door neighbor kind of situation and mm-hmm. you know the whole idea of like learning about you know what it's like for them to be teenagers together is really nice like when they're in the Lego they shrunk yeah. down there in the Lego and Russ she asked him she's like how come you never came over before and he's like you just seemed like too popular and like she learns that about herself mm-hmm. like she learns like oh maybe I am missing out on cooler people because I am too obsessed with Paul Tate right Russ, how come you never came over before? I mean, I would have come by. I wanted to, but I just always thought you were too popular to notice me. I was too popular to notice. I was stupid. I picked a strange actor, but I I liked her for... um, She's a real innocent face, which I like, but I picked Britt Barron from the show Glow. She, which I've admittedly have only seen season one, so I don't know if her character has shifted in season two, but she played, uh, spoiler alert, she was uh, Mark Maron's daughter at the oh, end, where she reveals yeah, herself yeah, to yeah, be yeah. Mark Maron's daughter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that character to me, you know, seemed, screamed like teenager who's been on her own for a while. 
Mm-hmm. But she has a really innocent face, and I kind of like that. I kind of like Amy. It's weird, like in a in a weird way, she is. She fills the role of like uh, exhausted sister and princess because, like, to yeah. Russ, she's like this thing in the window, and um, he tries to be cool around her, like he's trying to like impress her. So I thought she had a great mix of that, and I and um, yeah, that's who I picked. That's. Uh- that's a great choice. I, I don't think I ever would have thought of her, but it's actually interesting. There is an abundance of actresses out there that could play this role. Mm-hmm. It's like there, I had like twelve names. Yeah, I was like, any one of these women could play this role. You're right, though, that there this there is this interesting thing of like a character like this. Generally, you could make her a brat, mm-hmm. and you could be like, she's just obsessed with the mall and her boyfriend, and that's it. But Amy's really grounded with, like, she is taking care of her family. She loves her brother. She's also very popular and has aspirations to maintain that if she could just get there. <laughs> yeah. And so she has to play that sort of thing of, like, oh, here's a here's conceivably the most popular girl at school. Seems inaccessible to Russ. But who we find is just really chill. Like, she's not – she's not, like – Regina George. Yeah. I think because of the family trouble at home, it grounds her in a place that we feel sympathy for her. And it's not like the conceited Molly Ringwald type. Yeah. Mom and dad had an argument last night and mom spent the night at grandma's. Like she just needed a rest. Right. (laughs) Her and me both. Like she could have easily gotten shrunk and been like, oh my God, like get me out of here. And then like gets in the mud and she's like, "Eh." there is a hint of that, but she's not like a, she's not prissy. No. Which I think is super, super great about her. Also, she had one of my favorite lines in the beginning when she's talking to her friend on the phone and she says, yeah, they broke up for religious differences. She thought she was God and he disagreed. (laughs) And I said, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I feel you like you want to live in this movie for a very long time. Oh, I do. Listen, she came in with those bangs and I said, <laughs> honey. I was watching this movie and I was like, this movie was production designed for Kenna. <laughs> wow. It was so nice. It's so 90s. But it was 1989. It was weird. So like. It is very 90s. She yeah. looked fantastic. Everybody had everybody had their. Well, I take that back. Ron is dressed for it. For a, a fishing, fishing trip. trip. Yeah. For a second, I was about to be like, he's wearing like bait and tackle for some reason. Very 90s. Um, okay, so my older child was little Russ. Russ Jr. Russell Jr. Tom- Russell Thompson Jr. Call him RJ. Why wouldn't they just call him RJ? Because it's not as diminutive. Oh. Hmm. Um, but it's cooler. RJ. What's up? My name's RJ. And then with a pop collar. He wore a pop collar the whole movie. I was like, this is fantastic. But it was interesting because it was a pullover. Yeah. So it was a little less. Yeah. It, was it, like a it had the appearance pullover. of a popped color, but it wasn't as pretentious. Yes. Which shows you how cool Russ is. Um, <laughs> yeah. There were just so many classic 90s things about his character. Like, like, what is a 90s teenage on screen? Will they, won't they romance without a mouth to mouth scene? Nothing. It's nothing. Also, he should have been doing chest compressions as well. Right. But he, she should have died. <laughs> All of them should have died in this, this um, movie. Yeah, I have big, big sympathies for Russ. He plays it so well. We genuinely feel bad for him. (laughs) Mostly because, like, his his dad doesn't get him. He's, like, longingly looking at Amy. His His little brother's brother's a a brat. Just a little shit. He literally has to drag him next door just to apologize for being a little shit. He had a baseball through your attic window. He what? We'll get it fixed, okay? We'll take it out of his allowance, all right? My allowance? Dream on! Okay, we'll just have Dad pay for it, huh? We'll take it out of my allowance. So I wanted to pick someone who could be maybe playing the part of, like, trying to keep Dad happy, but ultimately just wants to be his own man. And I think this person is a great little actor. I picked Ty Simpkins, whose name you may not know, but his face you will know. Perhaps you saw him in Insidious, Iron Man 3. Perhaps you saw him in Jurassic World. Perhaps you were confused when he was at the end of Endgame and you were like, who is this boy amongst all these superheroes? Yes, he was there. You know what's funny is I, because I couldn't pick this character, I was like going through actors and act, and I was trying to find my own cast and I came upon his name and I was like, this would be a really good choice for Canada pick. And I think you did a great job. I think Thank you. now because he's sort of aged out of the like little boy, mm-hmm. like it's hard to, as a child actor to, 
to come of age and still get roles. And I think that he is probably going to defeat that curse or, or, or so. hurdle in his career. Uh, he was really talented in like, you know, in all the movies that he was in when he was a child. So I, there's no reason to suspect that he couldn't be just as. Yeah. Um, what I like about him is he is he's a cute teen, but he's not like Noah Centineo, who's just like. Yeah, he's not like a. this would be like. Yeah. Like if she lived next door to that guy, obviously it would be like no contest. It would be weird if he was like, why didn't, why didn't you ever look at me? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would be like, I look at you all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Also, I really loved at one point he says, blow it out your shorts, Ron. <laughs> and there was something really genuine and and 90s about it. I like that pick. Yeah, it's great. You know, we haven't really talked about like the journey that the kids go on through the backyard. I love how this movie immediately just turns into like fucking Jumanji. Like yeah. it's such an easy it's like this is my writer's brain being like, what great stakes. Yeah. They have to cross the backyard, mm-hmm. but the backyard is a three-mile jungle. We're now quarter of an inch tall and 64 feet from the house. It's the equivalent of 3.2 miles. It's a long way, even for a man of science. I don't know where this movie is set, but scorpions? It should have been a spider, right? That's yeah. more believable. Or a snake. That'd be more be- Like a gardener yeah. snake would be more believable. Yeah. Yeah, like a crazy scorpion just comes out of nowhere. I don't really know. <laughs> a scorpion in this weird middle American Midwest, suburb. It was Midwest, right? Wasn't it? Wasn't it like... There, there's no way that it is somewhere near a desert. No, not at all. Unless the scorpion is someone's pet. Mm, well, that should have been a stab. That should have been like in, in Ron's little like survivalist tent thing. Yeah. He should have had like a scorpion. Yeah. Um, we'll get to Ron in a bit. <laughs> Most problematic child. Uh, should we move on to Nick? Yes. Okay. Nick Zielinski, played by Robert Oliveri, who for a while had would pop up in a mm-hmm. lot of movies. He was in... Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. <laughs> he was the face of the franchise, really. He was. Um, let's, what else? There was another very famous movie. And he was in that, Edward Scissorhands. Yes, Edward Scissorhands. And something else that was pretty big. Yeah, so he he had been sort of established for a while, and it's like, it's hard to find, he was 11. It's hard to find mm-hmm. 11-year-olds that don't just like automatically just spring up, and then it's just like, oh, now they're 16. And it's like, oh, they aged out of this thing. Yeah. Um, I, so I failed at that. <laughs> Great. I picked an actor who uh, was a adorable little boy in a little movie called A Quiet Place. I picked Noah Jupe, hmm. who unfortunately or fortunately for him, because he's still alive, has aged to the age of 14. So he's a little taller, a uh-huh. little older, but I don't think he has yet to be turned into that kind of like the the weird like. It's it's weird with like child actors how they make them like suave at age like fifteen and you're like, yeah. What are you doing? Like all the Stranger Kids kids, like the Stranger Things kids, like <laughs> all if, the Stranger Kids. All the Stranger Thing kids, like if you Google them now, they're all on like GQ all, like, magazine models, spreads yes. and it's like, I don't what the fuck is like happening? Don't they're children. I mean, that's the whole thing of like Hollywood just like over wanting to turn children into adults, I think way too fast. To make us okay with them, weirdly. But yeah, no, it's super – finding a kid like Nick is like lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Because like it's difficult to find an 11-year-old child who has that much charisma. Because like really for me to cast this, I would have to cast a 9-year-old now because production yeah. wouldn't start until the end of the year. And so by the time the movie came out, he'd be like 12 and yeah. it would just be like – I mean who's who's that young? Young Sheldon? Yeah, I'm not picking young Sheldon. Not that I've watched a single episode, but no thanks. Pass. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a really tough one because Nick is maybe the best character in this movie. Yeah. Because he's like so genuinely wants to be like his dad. He builds a little model like like the machine that his dad makes. He's got a little robe on like his little rat lamp. He like rigs the lawn. Did he rig the lawnmower or did his dad rig the lawnmower? I think he rigged the lawnmower. Yeah. It seemed like that Nick in his own right was a scientist. Oh, it's a remote control. Tell you what, you throw in a 
box of cookies. I'll let you cut the whole thing. I think that's really cool for this kind of property. Also, like, I'll watch Noah Jupe over a series of five of these things. Like, I'll watch him in the TV yeah. show. Which, did you ever watch the TV I show? I did. It was good. It was. I enjoyed <laughs> I en- it. I enjoyed the show. Um, yeah, Nick is Nick is really sharp. And I think, yeah, I mean, why not? I th- let's give this kid a chance. I don't know if he has the same... Because there, I think my favorite, one of my favorite moments, I laughed out loud over the course of this sequence when he drops into the plant and Amy's like wigging out. She's like, Nick, you're allergic to pollen. And Nick is like, the particles are too big. And he's He's just like like smashing smashing pollen into his face. So funny. And then he sneezes. Also, the French class thing really sent him for a loop. And that gave me so much joy. Let's talk about the MVP of this. Was he the MVP or if is he Nick the most is the problematic? Best character, Ron is easily the worst. The yin and yang of the of the Zelensky and Thompson families. You know that Ron is the the least cared about character because the writers were like, maybe in the middle of this movie, he like like everybody really gets to know this aunt, but he loves this aunt. <laughs> You're free. You get home now. Shoo! Dumb aunt doesn't know what's best for him. Go on. Go home! Mom will never let me keep you! Yeah, but it's not like he's coming from a place where he hates animals. Or he's, like, stomping ants in the beginning, and then he, like, he's I, like, this ant, like, I've learned the, my way, the ways of being, like, a destructive nightmare child. He Ron, just was like, I love the ant. I love ant. Ron deserves better. Um, he deserves more. The thing, though, uh, if I could interrupt real quick, that I do like about Ron and Nick is that they're constantly at odds, much yeah. like – like and to their chagrin as they watch their siblings fall in love. Mm-hmm. I love how they bonded over the fact that girls are gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they're still of that age where like girls are gross. Yeah. Like, I, like the fact that they have to watch mm-hmm. Nick's sister kissing Ron's brother is – is still like yucky and yeah is so great that's what makes a family movie a family movie. yeah like these jokes are like old shriner like kind of yeah like they're so old that like when it comes out of a child's mouth that you're like this is so great yes so um, for my ron oh p- who plays ron again um his name is jared rushton he's in big it, yes. i was like where have i seen this guy before and i was like oh yeah he's tom hanks's friend in big Yes. Another child actor who was just like hitting home runs and gone too soon. (laughs) R.I.P. Gosh, I hope he didn't die. I don't know. So for my Ron, I picked Noah Schnapp, who plays Will on Stranger Things. The reason I feel honestly feel kind of strongly about this because I remember watching the second season of Stranger Things Uh and really being like, huh, it's kind of incredible that his character is like incapacitated for so much of the first season because I think he does a he's a really great little actor and he does a really awesome job of of being their sort of like PTSD ridden like troubled friend sort of coming back out into the world and it's a little like either they had great foresight to be like we need to get somebody who's gonna sell it when we eventually pull him out of the upside down or maybe they just lucked out because i thought he was really fantastic and so when we get to see more of who he is as an actor it turned out great and i was like you know what let's bring some firepower to old ron let's give him something to work with i just figured it out i never woke up this morning this is all a bad dream yours is a nightmare when I get up, Dad and I will be going fishing. If you were my brother, I'd put myself up for adoption. Yeah, I hope your face ends up on a milk carton. I, unfortunately, unfortunately, I didn't have time to watch season two. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a, it is a weird disconnect between the Ron that we see in this movie, who mm-hmm. is, like, he has, like, this Bart Simpson kind of, like, problem yeah. child vibe to him. Like, you can definitely tell that Ron is going to go to jail at some point in his life unless his parents really intervene in his in his decision making like Ron is definitely going to peak in high school oof I hope <laughs> not I mean so to see someone who we who we culturally see or at least I see culturally as like sweet little Will who got sucked into the upside down I, I mean like what's weird now like we were saying like he's like 15 now mm-hmm. so he's not like that 11 year old 12 year old kid he's like 15 like 14 so I'm sure he 
has the capabilities to right. to play the kind of the, com- bird, the, the complicated kind of, character that yeah. is Ronald Thompson. Yeah, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Oh, that's all I can ask. For. <laughs> All right, uh, let's uh, let's wrap this up with Barry Pepper because I want to talk franchise because we okay. I, think, <laughs> I think we need to talk about the franchise of Honey I Shrunk the Kid. Guys, where does Barry Pepper go? This one was hard. There's like because there's not that many three characters. other characters, uh, and I know there's a rule for cops in the movie, but I was just like, I, don't know. I made Barry. Uh, the character's name is Don Forrester, but he's. He's essentially the naysayer when Wayne goes to pitch his machine and it doesn't work. Wait, no. Don Forrester is the person who comes over because he's with his wife. Oh, is Don the buddy? I think I screwed up these characters. Basically, the character (laughs) I want Barry Pepper to play is the guy in the office who he has a great line that's like, the only thing you've shrunk is everyone's attention in this room. I'm going to lunch. Yes. Okay. I don't oh, think that's want... Don. Don is no, you're right. Ron's Don's friend. Yes. Yes. Which is who I or Russ's friend. Who I cast him as. Oh, you did. Because I said him let's, let's 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 put some comedy. Oh. Let's get let's get that baby. <laughs> <laughs> let's get that baby. Escape. <laughs> I said let's give Barry Pepper some comedy. Let's uh-huh. give him some sass. Yeah, I mean, the only other roles are bit roles, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I, I'm just going to cut to the meat of it. Should okay. this movie be remade? Absolutely, yes. 100 We're missing out like, on a... Why isn't this... Generations movie? don't understand. This better be on Disney Plus in a year. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. this better be on there. I had a great idea. Um, great idea? <laughs> I had an idea for... I'm a genius. Because the whole idea is, like, in the second one, they blow up the baby. Like, the Zelinskis have another kid, like... 15 yes. years after their children have already grown big up. big red overalls. Um, There's something it. hugely comical, though, about a giant baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yes. Also, Carrie Russell's in that movie. Is she the sister? Oh, no, she's, she's his love interest. She's Nick's love interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. they they sort of exhaust the idea of, like, okay, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is our home plate. Yes. First base is, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Okay, interesting direction to take it. Kids aren't shrunk. Kids are big. Second base is honey. We, we shrunk, shrunk ourselves. ourselves. So what is what is third base? What is the thing that's like? Okay, they shrunk the parents. They shrunk the kids. They blew up the kids. Do we blow up the parents? No, I think uh, I think. Well, they did this in Ant Man the Wasp. Basically, you get zapped by a ray and you can't control your size. You explode into a tiny building and then you shrink down and you're a small. Like that's probably where third base should have gone. Had Ant-Man and the Wasp not taken that. But if you're still trying to be in the lane of shrink, shrink ray, mm-hmm. comedy, um, teleportation maybe? I don't know. What about, what if we just make it generational? What if the remake is that Zelensky is now a big, famous, wealthy, successful scientist? Mm-hmm. But for some reason, he still lives next door to the Thompsons. <laughs> And maybe maybe Amy and Russ get married and no, have wait, a child. No, wait. <laughs> I have it. I I'm have just it. spitballing here. I have it. Okay. So Zelensky makes an a incredible amount of money on his technology, which has changed the shipping industry like none other. Okay. Which is his original goal. Yeah. Not like this could be weaponized in any way. No. And so the company has expanded. Wayne is stepping down. Amy and Nick are taking over, mm-hmm. but they have to, like, consolidate their books. Like, their father's a mess. Mm-hmm. And he ran his company just like his life. It's Everything's a mess. So they have to go and clean stuff up. And for some reason, they find on their books, the company's paying a crazy amount of money for some property, and they find out it's the old house. And they go back okay. to the neighborhood, <laughs> okay. and they find some other, like, crazy tech that their dad, like, to help build the machine okay. never used. It was just like, oh, here's all his, like, failed tests or something like that. And then dirty-ass fucking Ron Thompson <laughs> shows up, cracks another ball <laughs> through the window. <laughs> rinse, repeat. Just rinse, repeat this fucker. But there's no parents to save them. Like, they have to, right. they have to get themselves. They're grown-ups now. They're grown-ups now. And they have to save themselves. Maybe their kids are looking for them. Oh! And their kids fall in love, but their kids aren't shrunk. Their kids are like, what's happening? And their kids fall in love. <laughs> Your face right now? <laughs> I don't 
don't know what to do. Yeah, I'm sort of spiraling. <laughs> no, I think that's interesting though to to do like the Star Wars of it all and be like, well, just let's just essentially tell the same story, but let's just make it sort of. We'll insert some new characters. We'll like we'll make the scenario different, but we'll just essentially tell you the same story. Yeah, it's kind of like Die Hard. Like, how did this happen to me again? Yeah. You know, yeah. 30 years later. But I think Amy and Rush should be married. Really? Yeah. To your high school sweetheart? <laughs> They're, they live in middle America. Trust me, it happens. I think they should be each other's first real loves, but they moved on. So then in the movie, mm. we can watch them rediscover that they were really meant to be. So there. they're both like. They're both unhappy. Let's start them in a dark place like this movie. They're both unhappy. Or they're both. One's Have Russ they... is lonely and Amy's unhappy. But they're and then by the end they're like let's let's do this let's make this a let's yeah that's weird but sure is that it that's I think that's it I'm sad that we don't get to talk about this movie anymore I mean we could just keep talking about it forever all right guys thanks so much for joining us this week on the boot if you like this episode please check out our past episodes please stick with us next week we have a great movie in store for you if you like us please follow us online Kenna where can people do that you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts Stitcher Podbean or wherever you get your podcast stop by leave us a rating and a review it's the best way to help us out do you know how to do that do you know how to work your phone I mean maybe you know you you can also find us on Kofi, where you can go to make a very small donation just to help us keep making this podcast because you love us. That link is in our description and all over our Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, we are at the Boot Podcast on there and at Boot Podcast on Instagram, or you can follow us separately because Brian has completely lost control of his head right now. He is like a newborn child. <laughs> I'm like Wayne with the little googly eye helmet. <laughs> at Flynn and at Get a Try. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Oh, oh. Oh. Shots fired. machine works. When we get home and he fixes us all, we're going to be so rich. I don't regret this. Amy, you know, I've always liked your family. I mean, your dad's a real nice guy. He's not as weird as I thought he was. And I love you and Nick like my own brother and sister.